We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Grinders, welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Wednesday, June 28th, and it's uh, still still a bunch of baseball. Can the chalk stop hitting? Can the chalk stop hitting? I have no idea. Let's see. Maybe it'll happen today. All right, we'll have all your 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 regular MLB content, Grinders Live, Crunch Time later today. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow there's no show. It's being pre semi preempted. We're gonna have a grinders live for the the early slate. The early slate, I think tomorrow is the main slate. But I think that's like that's a two o'clock Eastern slate. So we're doing grinders live at twelve thirty Eastern, headed right into crunch time, and that'll be with uh, me and Dean. So so no show at eleven. Also, so it's like one of those things. Anytime that I'm on the early grinders live, typically we do grinders live instead of the pregame show. So just a note there, if you don't see the thumbnail, then Friday, 
take a first look at the MMA slate for this coming weekend. I think only 12 fights. So not not the greatest of slates, but I think I think there could be some advantages there. I think so, so certain fighters may be a little bit over-owned for their expectation. We'll take a look at that on Friday. Give me those thumbs ups. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. The thummy thumbs, the subscribe scribes, the notification, the bells, the belly bells. You want to hit the belly bells to know when we go live? Do that. Helps us out with this free content, unstructured learning here. In the morning, if you want a more structured, more structured education on DFS strategies, game theory, go to theoryofdfs.com. Get the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports for advanced players, as well as the Fundamentals Masterclass, 15-hour audio masterclass. The first one, then we got the 10-chapter course with Excel tools. And the second one, theoryofdfs.com. Good morning to the chat, people. The early birds, some some regulars here. Good morning. Jay Simmons, Wataz, Bart B, Don Montgomery, Defick, Daniel Hutchings is here. Probably, he could probably chime in on the conversation we're going to have, have today. Uh, conversation today stems from uh, a Twitter, Twitter, Twitter threads, Twitter conversations, whatever. It's very rare you get actual Twitter conversations. Typically, it's someone posts a tweet and then it's 14 people saying you're an idiot, right? And then, or, or arguing something that you're not arguing, whatever. It kind of got the, into that a little bit. But uh, Brian Hooper yesterday posted, uh, if you don't know Brian Hooper, Brick 75, posted, uh, you know, MLB DFS is getting pretty sharp. Most nights, there are only a handful of the 150 maxers that are plus EV. Last night, there were only 10. Some nights, there are even less. And this is according to, obviously, there's a there's a post-content result sim uh, that, on, on our competing site that uh, will we'll show a lot of that based on, based on their projections. Uh, basically... What Brian's saying is that if you're 150 maxer, you know there's you know 50 of them on a given given night, like from a from a simulation from a simulated ROI perspective, like 80 percent of them actually end up coming in negative ROI, and uh, the basis of his his thoughts is that the, you know the field is getting sharper, and my my reply back to that was. If those 150 maxers trim down their lineups in half or even more, wouldn't the number of plus EV ones increase? I mean, the, the amount of uh, users increase because from what, what I gather, and I've been I've been saying this for quite a while, uh, and Brian has also. If you if you listen to lulls, uh, from what I could gather, there's an inflection point of diminishing returns on entries that's more affected by the proportion of significantly minus EV lineups entered by the opponents or the field. Uh, than the strength of your own meaning you know I've, I've been saying this for a while that that you should be judging contests more by how much really how many really bad lineups there are right not how great are your lineups or how what are your lineups uh ev versus uh the, one of the top players ev that it's going to be much more driven by the bottom 25 percent of the field or more more so than the top 25 percent of the field, but yeah, obviously the games are getting tougher, right? Uh, Daniel he's, he says I usually see more plus EV one fifty maxers than that in his sims, so one of us is wrong. Okay, it's possible, but the point that that I that I was making is that, and and there was there was another argument here. There, there's basically two debates being had with this question that I think we were going back and forth because I know Shady Advice chimed in and the check, and I saw you know Drewby. 
was in there and Nelson Adcock and, you know, so the people I respect, people that, people that understand math and statistics or whatever. Uh, the point, the points that I'm making is that if we take like, take the extremes. Okay. So let's take a 10 man contest. Okay. Let's just say it's a 10 man contest. Don't worry. You don't even worry about the rake at this point, right? No rake. 10 man contest, top three pay. 50%, 30%, 20%, just, just as an example. Let's say seven people have entered that. So like seven, seven, you know, you see seven out of 10. And all seven of those lineups are like garbage line, are like garbage garbage. Like they, they're reserved entries with injured players, right? They're, they're automatically going to get zero points. So you already see there's seven lineups in there that are going to get zero points. You have the option to enter as many lineups as you want, right? Obviously, there's only three spots left. What would be the optimal amount of lineups that you play? Well, in that case, it seems pretty simple that you play three lineups, right? Top three pay, right? Top three pay. And the other seven opponents are guaranteed to get a zero. So every lineup that you enter, when you enter the first lineup, if if you just entered one lineup, and no one else entered any other lineup. So now there's eight out of 10 and it fills with some overlay, right? All those zero lineups will split second and third place and you will virtually be guaranteed, right? As long as you score a point, you're guaranteed at first place, right? So the EV of that first lineup, if you just entered one lineup, would be 5X, right? You, you, it, it pays out basically 5X, 3X, 2X. Your money. It's a 10-man contest, 50%, 30%, 20%. So your first lineup, it's EV. You're going to get 50% of the prize pool. If you enter the second lineup, your second lineup can't win first place because your second lineup is competing against your other lineup. Now it's guaranteed to at least get second place. One of your lineups is guaranteed first and the other lineup is guaranteed second because of the seven lineups in there that are just zero points. So the first lineup has a certain EV. The second lineup has to have a lower EV because it is competing against your first lineup. Now, as a whole, your two lineups together, your portfolio is still plus EV, but your portfolio is is lower, is a lower ROI than the portfolio of one, right? If you had a portfolio, one lineup, you still have a portfolio, right? It's still just one lineup. Then the two lineups that are in there your ROI is going to go down, right? And because you can't win first place twice. Let's add that third lineup in there, right? Because now there's there's three, you got three spots. You could enter three lineups if you want. Seven lineups, dead, zero points. That third lineup can't possibly win first or second if the other two win first and second. That lineup at most could double their money, Right. Now, you're not sure which lineup is which. Like, this is the second point of this whole argument. The In a vacuum, the EV of each of these three lineups are equal to each other, let's just say. They're all strong lineups, right? Because you only have to just beat seven people that have zeros. So they're all equivalent enough to each other. You don't know which one's going to come in first. You don't know which one's going to come in second. You don't know which one's going to come in third. But because there's seven dead lineups, does it matter to you? Basically, you're going to be entering, you're going to be entering, you know, $3 to be guaranteed to win $10. 
right? So let's say it's a dollar entry and it pay obviously $10 prizes. So if you get, if it's a dollar entry and you just enter one, one lineup, you're guaranteed to win first place. So one lineup, a dollar gives you five bucks. If you enter two entries, that's $2 gives you eight bucks. $3 gives you $10. Now in proportion, the highest ROI is just entering one lineup, but the most raw money is entering three lineups because all three are guaranteed to make a profit. It's just that your second and third lineups will make less profit than your first lineup and your theoretical first lineup. So you understand that. You understand if seven people put in zeros. Now let's change it. That it's not seven people putting in zeros. Let's say it's six people putting in zeros and one person that's putting in a, a lineup very, very similar to yours. Equi- equivalent EV, equivalent projection, ownership, whatever you want to put into it. That individually, we ran this lineup against all the other lineups. Oh, it would be about equal to any of the three lineups that you could have put in. Okay? So now you have six dead lineups in there, right? So if you put in the first, if you put in your one lineup, you're guaranteed second place, right? Assuming no one else enters the contest, right? Because maybe you don't beat that one opponent lineup that actually is decent. You come in second, right? You can come in third, right? Well, you can't come in third if it's just one entry. Now, let's say you enter two lineups. You're guaranteed to come in at least second and third. Guaranteed, right? Because it's six dead lineups, one fine lineup. It's only nine lineups in there out of the 10 that could be in there. You're guaranteed to come in at least second and third. If you play three lineups, you're guaranteed that two of the three lineups will come in first, second, or third. One of your lineups will not cash. I mean, it could. I mean, you could have first, second, third, and the other guy has the, the fourth place lineup. You're not guaranteed. Like you, One of these lineups could actually miss the pay line at this point. If you only put in two, you're guaranteed to get at least second and third. If you put in one, you're guaranteed to get at least second. Three lineups, you're guaranteed two of them will get, get come in first, second, or third, at least. And guaranteed, at minimum. Well, look at, look at the... ROI of, of the, that situation. If you played one lineup, a dollar, what, what is your minimum payout? Your minimum payout is three bucks, right? The second place spot. At minimum, if you put in one lineup. If you put in two lineups, right, you're going to come, you're guaranteed to come in at least second and third place. Combined, that's $5, right? So you play $2, Guaranteed at least five bucks. If you play three, if you play three lineups, it's the same. You're guaranteed at least at least five dollars. Of course, you now have an extra probability of coming in first. Also, that five bucks because you have an extra lineup in there. But as you start adding, like think of this as as you start adding entries, right? Let's say there aren't. Let's 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 take away the zero point lineups. Let's say there's overlay. We're not even considering rake at this point. Would you, if the, if it pays, the top three pays in a 10-man contest? Like, what would be the difference? If you know no one else is going to enter, what would be the difference between entering three lineups and entering 10 lineups? 
Well, three lineups, you're guaranteed first, second, and third place. The other seven lineups, why you pay? If you pay, if you paid for all the entries, ten dollars equals ten dollars. You'd win ten bucks. It would be even. If you just if you entered nine lineups, right into this contest that only you exist in, you put in nine dollars and you get ten bucks back. That is a profit, right? Oh, I'm going to enter this is zero out of ten in the lobby, and it's guaranteed ten dollars. And no, I know no one else is going to enter. I'm going to enter nine lineups. That's profitable. It's profitable for you to do so, right? You you play, spend nine to get 10. But you'd maximize your profit by just playing three lineups. It's the three spots. It's the the most raw money, but the highest ROI would be just playing one lineup. You're guaranteed first place. $1 wins you five, rather than $2 wins you eight, rather than $3 wins you 10. So the lowest ROI out of that bunch is entering three lineups, right? Is well, actually entering 10 lineups, then nine lineups, then eight lineups, then seven lineups, then six lineups, and five lineups, and four lineups, and three lineups, and two lineups, and one lineup from an ROI perspective. But the optimal amount of lineups to enter to maximize profit is three lineups. Like that in that in that exact situation. So now expand this out, expand this out to any contest, right? Expand this out anywhere to a large field. You have 30,000 entries. If you knew that 29,850 people, right, were, were going to put in zeros, you'd, you'd play 150 entries. You're guaranteed to cash all, you're guaranteed to come in first through 150th place. Let's say it pays out the top 3,000. Let's just say it pays out, you know, top, what, 10% of the field? Let's just say. Pays out the top 6,000, right? 20% of the field. It pays out the top 6,000 in that contest. And you're the only one that could enter lineups into that contest. Everyone else is, it's all zeros. The highest ROI thing for you to do is to enter just one lineup. You're guaranteed first place, Right. But you can, for raw money purposes, just you're play, you're, you're making money on any entry. Just at your six thousandth entry, you're just one point five xing. So if you had the if you had the ability to, you'd enter six thousand lineups, right? Knowing that the other twenty four thousand are all zeros, are all garbage, are all nothings, right? You'd win the entire prize pool. Every dollar you put in will have a profitable a, a profitable ROI return. Now, your first entry will have the highest ROI. Your second entry will have the second highest ROI. The third, assuming all 6,000 entries are equal. My dog is barking, sorry. Hold on. Up. I need to make sure no one's breaking into my house. 
So I hope you can see the point that I'm that I'm trying to make. That at some point, depending on the strength of your opponent's lineups, there's going to be diminishing returns of every individual extra lineup that you put in. Even if individually, each lineup is plus EV against the field. Because you're also competing against your own lineups. Right? You can't come in first 150 times. You come in first, second, third, like that's the best you could do. So anytime you add, this, this is regardless of the strength of the field. Anytime you add another lineup to your portfolio, assuming that you're building plus EV lineups individually, you are reducing the ROI of your portfolio. It's mathematically, I mean, inevitable. You can't play 150 lineups and come in 150. You can't even come in first place 150 times. Win that that amount of money. You can't win $100,000 with your first entry and $100,000 with your second entry and $100,000 with the third entry. You win $100,000 with your first, $40,000 with your second, and $20,000 with your third. You can do that. So as you add more lineups in, the ROI of your portfolio will go down. That doesn't mean that you play 150 liners that you won't be profitable. This is this is where the second debate is, right? There's a there's a difference between this mathematical inevitability and what's pragmatically possible. So for instance, if I told you that these I don't these all these 150 lineups are plus EV. And I want you to play the best 50 of them, would you be able to tell to tell which ones are better than others necessarily. They're all probably fairly similar to each other. So Adam, if, 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 if I could get a higher ROI, maybe not higher raw money, but a higher ROI with only 30 lineups, which 30 lineups would I play? Let's say I'm building lineups and I'm building lineup one, lineup two, lineup three, lineup four, yada, 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 yada. I get to the 30th lineup. What's the difference between my 30th lineup and my 31st lineup? Likely nothing. Likely not much at all. Right? And do you have a way of determining between the 30th and 31st lineup, which which lineup is, is higher EV? Over a large sample size. Well, you wouldn't really even, I mean, you wouldn't even know it wouldn't even be anywhere close to precise without having every other single lineup that was in the contest to, be, to, to begin with, which means you're not going to know until like after the contest is over, right? Ownership numbers are not perfect. Projection numbers are not perfect. But then after, after the fact that you go, okay, based on the actual field, this is what, this is what my portfolio's ROI is. This is what each individual lineup's ROI is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. If, try doing that beforehand. Like you, you're, you're simulating what each lineup is against the field and playing the best 150 that you can in some diversified way for, for variance control. But most likely, you're not going to be able to tell me which one out of the 150 are better than others, right? Or better or higher or why than others. You just know that if I put in these 150, my, my simulated ROI is 8%. Where does that 8% come from, from individual lineups? You, you don't know. Now, if you did know, then you'd be like, well, it would be more profitable, right? Higher ROI. To just play the 20 best ones, the 20 highest ones. But you're not really going to know that until until you see the contest. But then you can't change your lineup. So, so here you go. You have a, you have a you have a conundrum. I can make seven thousand lineups that are plus EV tonight on some MLB large MLB slate. The differences between their EV are not going to be that dramatic. Well, how many of them should I play? Well, I know that if if I know, if I'm positive, if I'm confident, that any 150 will return me on average 8% or 10% or whatever it is, then just randomly pick 150. But you'll also be profitable, just pick 20 of them. The thing is, is that that's also less lineups, which means your portfolio ROI should actually go up your raw money may end up actually going down because obviously you're you're playing, if you play 25 lineups instead of 150, that's six times less lineups. So you have to wait six times as long to hit that bink, hit the, you know, get realize your, your equity. But your ROI should be higher because your 20 lineups aren't competing against your other, 25 lineups aren't competing against your other 125 lineups. 
either. And there's some inflection point, depending on the specific contest and the entries and the opponents that you have, where you're going to see, you know, ROI and and actual money, there's going to be a a plateauing point. Where let's say, let's say there was no entry limits. Be like, well, 150 is the, 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 the mandated max by DraftKings and FanDuel. But let's say it was unlimited. So, like, would you enter? It's a 30,000 entry contest. Would you enter 25,000 entries? Probably not. I mean, you're literally entering entries that can't cash. But you can't tell the, the difference between the 25,000 entries apart. If you enter 25,000 entries, you, you, you'd probably be profitable. Right? You just don't know where the profit comes from. And it's going to be a low profit because a third of your entries are going to be wasted. But you're still going to make some money. You'd rather find, it's like, okay, I think the best is to put in 38 lineups. That's that's where that plateau point starts. And that plateau point is not as affected by the lineups that you build, but the lineups that other people build. So, for instance, in NFL, I think the NFL has a, has a great example. In NFL, I mean, once we throw out like EV realization and and variance control, playing 150 lineups, maxing out 150 lineups in the millimaker in NFL has a higher ROI than maxing the 150 $9 slant in NFL. Now, why is that? Be like, oh, the nine dollar slant, nice flat payout structure, two x min cash. This is awesome. This is what we want. Millie makers like million dollar first set of stick knives to seventh, right? What are we talking about? Well, go take a look at what 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 the how many bad lineups there are in the millie maker compared to how many bad lineups there are in the slant. The slant is down to like you know thirty thousand entries, and like more than half of the field are one hundred and fifty maxers. More than half the field are, are are very good players. And the bottom end of, of that contest, maybe maybe there's only like 10 to 15% of significantly negative EV lineups. And the Millie Maker, dude, the Millie Maker, sometimes there are 30 to 35% significantly negative EV lineups. Right? So it's much more advantageous. And it's like, when I say significantly negative EV, think in terms of those zero lineups, because that would be the most, most negative EV. So if you had a contest where very large field, very large field, and you knew that 10% of the contest were throwing in zero point lineups, injured players, right? Who knows? Reserved entries and they never filled out. And another contest was 35% of the entries look like that. Well, obviously you'd want to, the, the payouts, like you're, you're starting from a, a much higher point. Like you're guaranteed again in the first contest with, with the 10% bad lineups, horrible lineups, you're guaranteed to, in a hundred man contest, you're guaranteed to come in 90th place at minimum. The other contest with hundred man, you're guaranteed to come in 65th. Right, because 35 of the lineups are, are zeros, are awful. Which means your portfolio as a whole 
will have a higher average ROI in a contest where more bad lineups exist compared to a contest that has less bad lineups that exist. And it's not a matter of like, what what are the other 150 maxers playing? No, it's more, it's more, it's more based on how many bad lineups there are. Because your portfolio of 150 is likely not going to be that that much better or worse from an EV perspective than another than another 150. So being that that's the case, isn't depending on the contest, you may be able to maximize ROI by playing less entries. What that number is will vary contest to contest, slate to slate, sport to sport, whatever. And I don't believe, I believe that if you if you simulated it out, that it's very similar to like like Daniel in the chat with the nerdy tenor, with the like here here five like what he does with the, with his uh, his programming, like here's five thousand candidate lineups, they're all about equal to each other. Randomly pick one fifty, like that type of thing. Well, why why doesn't it apply even more micro than that? Of like, well, out of that one fifty, like play any twenty, and randomly pick twenty out of that one fifty competing against everyone else like i'm 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 going to assume that doing that you'll have a higher roi now you may need a larger sample size to realize your realize your ev because you're playing less lineups against yourself like it just seems like fundamentally like this is this is fundamental mathematics that the only reason why you don't mind playing play the two reasons why you don't mind competing against yourself is one uh, the line, there are enough bad lineups that your second lineup, your third lineup, your fourth lineup still generates a profit, even though it's competing against the lineups that you're also putting in. There's enough bad lineups in there. And number two, out of these hundreds of lineups that you can enter, out of the 150, out of the 500, out of the whatever, you have no really discernible way to tell the difference between one lineup or the other. It's like, well, I don't know what the what the what twenty out of the one fifty should I play? All I know is that if I play all one fifty, they're all good. My portfolio as a whole is profitable. Maybe it only gets an eight percent ROI, and if I just did thirty lineups, that that portfolio will get an eighteen percent ROI. But eight percent ROI of one fifty may actually be more raw money and lower variance and quicker to realize your EV. But from a from a just specifically an ROI number, 18%, 36%, minus 2%. The highest ROI is, is has to be one lineup. It has to be. Mathematically, it has to be. The, the optimal amount of lineups that you should be entering is one lineup that is the highest EV. Now, is that realistic, though? Is that is that pragmatic? It's not pragmatic for two reasons. One, Good luck realizing that realizing that expected value. And you're playing the Millie Maker with 200,000 entries. It's like, I'm going to play my best lineup. And based on my simulations, if I simulated this out for a million years, this would give me the high, the highest ROI. Well, good, good luck realizing that. <laughs> good luck. And number two, you could probably run 500 lineups and get a similar ROI. 
So it's like, well, what is that best? What is that best lineup? The difference between the best lineup and my 500th lineup is, I don't, I don't know. They're all similar. So which one do you play? Pragmatically. If you, if you know that all 500 are good, that are profitable, putting them all together in a portfolio, it will make your portfolio lower ROI, but it still will be profitable. But I think that's the, that that's really the two arguments conflated with one another. Because someone was saying it's like, oh, 60 is the best. You can that remember, remember the rules. Remember the rules of the question rules. If you're answering a if you're asking a question that has a yes or no answer or an exact number, then it's probably a bad question. There's no such thing. You can't just say that they're oh, 60 is the best. And, and with no with, no matter what other variables exist. I mean, I just I just said before, like the millimaker. The number is going to be higher than in the $9 slant. Whatever that inflection point number is, it's going to be higher because there's just more worse lineups in there. And then once you get to showdowns, you get to a point where duplication becomes a problem. So it's quite possible that 150-ing in showdowns, you're reducing the, the, the ROI of your portfolio even more. More and more and more, depending on how much duplication there is in the contest. Now, if you're if you're 115 all unique lineups that actually have a decent win probability and the rest of the lineups, people are duplicating 4,400 times, then you'd want to play 150. But there may be a slate where there aren't that many combos available and there then the condensed ones aren't as 4,400 dupes aren't like that. Well, maybe that that may be a slate where the optimal amount for maximizing the ROI of your portfolio may be 44 entries. And then you have to, what 44 entries are there? That's the set. That's the second problem of like, well, I have a ton of lineups that could, could make this 44. Which ones do I play? Daniel Hutchins says, I believe the effect you are describing competing against yourself is fairly minimal until you get to contests that are relatively small and competitive. An exception. Well, I'm well, the point I'm making is not that, oh, well, you play 150 lineups. Like, well, your one lineup is competing against your other 149 lineups, and because there's 30,000 entries in the contest, how much how much EV are you sucking away from your other 149 lineups? I think it's more of the fact of what's you're pay, you're paying, you're paying ten dollars, fifteen dollars an entry, over and over and over again. If you were able to determine what your best twenty five out of the one hundred and fifty are, you would get a higher ROI on those twenty five lineups than you would on the other one hundred and twenty five lineups. So why not play the just the twenty five lineups? And of course, that's a slippery slope to go. Like, why don't you just play your first lineup? That's why I, the argument here is not what's pragmatic like people are talking like in this conversation like the 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 debate was some people were debating it like well how do you know the difference between your 50th best lineup and your 51st best lineup i'm like no i agree with you that people put in 150 because it's still profitable as a portfolio and they don't have to worry about that they don't have to worry about that but from a theoretical sense wouldn't you just it would be it would be the highest roi to play your best lineup and that's it not spending any more money other than the highest dot. It's very similar picture sports betting. Wow. There's 20 bets today that are, that are advantageous, that are plus EV. Some bets are much higher EV. 
Some bets are very small to be. If you just said, if you just said, I'm going to bet the same amount on all on all those all 20 bets, I'm going to bet I'm going to bet 50 bucks on all of them, rather than using some Kelly mindset at least, if not, you know, typing it in and doing a formula. The highest EV bets you'd be betting 150 bucks, and the lowest EV you'd be betting 20 bucks, right? That would maximize your ROI. But if you just bet the same on everything, you'd still be profitable, just not as profitable. So really, that's what it comes down to. Like, well, why why do they play 150 lineups? It's because there's enough bad lineups in the contest, first off. Secondly, they could build hundreds, if not thousands of plus EV lineups, and they're just playing 150. They're getting a return on the entire portfolio regardless. It may not be the highest return, but they're pretty much getting a return. And they don't have to worry about which ones are the better bets, right? 20 bets. Which one is higher EV or just like, nope. I just know these 20 bets are plus EV. I don't know how how much more higher ROI they are. So I'm just going to bet the same on all of them. You know what that person doesn't have to worry about? Which ones are better than others? And they still profit. So I view it the same way. Right, Daniel just says just because, yeah the raw number the raw number right you'd make more money but you have less ROI but with a lot a lot of this conversation especially looking at post content post contest you know post lock sims is that it's showing you ROI numbers and you're going well the ROI of all of this whatever is is low like look at look at the look at look at this guy. This guy put in three lineups and his lineups were, you know, one here's this lineup that's 48% ROI. Here's this lineup that's 22% ROI. Here's this lineup that's 34% ROI. And here's this 150 that has a 6% ROI. Like, why aren't why aren't I just putting in three lineups? Like those three specific lineups, sure. On average, can you can you make them every probably not? You probably can't make them every slate. Those sp- three specific lineups out of you. Those three lineups is very similar. Could be in your 150 and they show that they have those ROIs after the fact, but before the fact you look at all 150 and you may have the differences between them, but maybe minimal. So how do you decide at that point? You won't know until you see the actual field. Dude, that's the number one thing I look at is ownership after, after lock. This past slate with Trevor Peak on and MMA, right? I, I had him projected at like 36% owned. And I played him in like 22% of my lineups, right? And in the lineups that it made sense to play a fairly chalky 36% owned 8K fighter. When Locke hit, he was 49% owned. 49%. Had I known that, I would have played less. I would have, I wouldn't have had twenty two percent of them. I would have had like ten percent of them. And the lineups that I played them in would need to have even more significant leverage in there. So those lineups are much less profitable with him than I thought they were because they are a little too high owned now, a little. And then obviously, like his opponent, I had more more Mariscal, but I would have had. I would have had even more. And in those lineups, actually, maybe I could have made 
jockier, right? Those are the types of things of like, well, had I known all this information, I could make a 50 line, because I played 50 lineups, I could make a 50 lineup set that is higher ROI. But at the at the time, if we go in by projections, this is the information that I have. But now that I see the actual field, it's like, oh, my, my, my lineup set that I could make based on actual ownership could be much higher ROI, those 50 lineups, than what I did make. But I believe I could predict the field that I, I, I still want to make 50 lineups. But there are some slates, like this 12 get 12 fights late coming up. It's quite possible. You know, we get 11 fights, 10 fights, and I go, the duplication is so ridiculous. And the spreads of the fights are so wide. I go, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm playing 20 lineups today. There's, and there, there are some slates where I look and I go, wow, there's a lot more combinations that are available. There's one or two fighters that are egregiously overowned, right? So I think those line, the line, people are going to be building way too chalk lineups, way too duplicated lineups. I'm like, okay, those slates, maybe I'm playing 100 lineups. There's more, there's more positive, there's, there's much higher EV lineups available. Because of what the field is doing. So that's why you can't just come in, you know, like this guy over here and go, well, I think the number is 60. Like the, there's no there's no definitive correct answer that applies to anything, everything and anything. But I believe there is an inflection point. Brian, Brian, on, if, you, if you watch or listen to Lowell's, him and Pete Overzet, he said multiple times over the past two years, that 150 may not be the the optimal number of entries that he's entering one phase. He goes 150, 150, 150, 150, 150, multiple sites or whatever. It's like he feels that depending on the contest, depending on the field, the strength and everything like that, maybe 150 isn't the best. That doesn't mean it's not profitable. It just means it's not optimal. And what number is that? He doesn't know. But I think this also tails back to people that say, oh, if you can't max enter, don't bother playing it. Like that, that is unequivocally false. A plus EV lineup is a plus EV lineup. It doesn't matter. Well, these guys get to play 150. So yeah, and they're also paying 150 times more. Like from a, proportionally, it's the same. They have 150 more chances to win. Yeah, because they paid 150 times more. Like that. You paid 15, they paid, you know, you, you paid 10, they paid 1,500. They need to win, like, they need to win 150 times more than you do. You have one entry. Okay. If you had any, got any questions about any of this, any thoughts, thoughts on the matter, uh, two things. One, send in your questions, questions at theoryofdfs.com. You can email in. Uh I know that the rest of this week we got Grinders Live and MMA. So, uh, and then Mondays with McCool and whatever. So, we won't get to some questions until the middle of next week, but send them in. So, I always have stuff in the queue questions at theoryofdfs.com. And uh, maybe we could discuss this, this, this topic in general uh, more on uh, in my uh, Blenders Game Theory channel in the Ro- Roto Grinders Premium Discord. Today, we're doing a, a group coaching call, group conversation via Zoom. That's at 4 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to join in on that, sign up for Roto Grinders. Sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description. 
Get $10 off your first month. Get everything. The combo premium, you get it. You get everything. Get lineup HQ. You get all the projections, all the content, all the articles, all the research tools, all the everything. For all the sports, everything all across the board. Do whatever you want, right? NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, NFL is coming around, right? All preseason stuff, I guess. I mean, like, you got everything. WNBA, I think we got WNBA. I believe. I don't play WNBA, but I believe we have WNBA projections. Get that also. So join us. Join the join the Discord. I have my own channel in there. If you want to talk to me anytime, I'm in there. That's 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 the best place to get in touch with me when it comes to DFS, right? For discussion. Not necessarily my DMs on Twitter or anything, but if you you just join that channel and there's other people there that will discuss it also. We we have conversations in there all the time. You can post your questions in there. Join us. I'll post a link in that channel. Uh, and with the alert, we have a little alert system you could sign up for. Like five minutes before uh, we go, it'll be about an hour or hour or so on Zoom. So join us today. Join us. We have a nice conversation. We've we've we typically have intellectual conversations via Zoom in real time there, rather than we do. I mean, we we do in we do in this chat also, right? Sometimes we get some trolly troll people in there. Sometimes we do. Right. I don't mind the trolling trolls as long as they hit the thummy thumbs. Right. As long as they hit the thummy thumbs and hit that. Hit the like button on your way out the door. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live on the channel. Right. Obviously, before this show, we got the will, you know, the pick, the pick and picks. Right. The take and pick them, pick them, leave them, leave them, take them and pick them. Right. You got will before here. Then you, you got Grant on the scores and odds channel. You got that. You got. You got some some FanDuel strategy videos for certain days on the channel. You got obviously Grinders Live, obviously Crunch Time. You got golf stuff. You got you got everything. So if you want to know when when we have the live shows, typically a couple of times a day, hit that notification bell. And uh, yeah, so because you'll see me tomorrow. Tomorrow I get to sleep. I get to sleep a little later, a little later, right? Instead of instead of being up for an eleven o'clock show. I got to be up for a 12.30 in the afternoon show. So I'll be on with Dean talking about tomorrow's slate. And then I'll be back here answering all your DFS strategy questions like I normally do. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.